0: Well, we are in a series of messages that today we conclude, and it's joy regardless. Joy regardless. And, you know, I want to tell you, I really do believe this has been a very strategic series of messages. And I can't, you know, I I don't take credit for the design of this. I, I really don't. I mean, every pastor to some degree has, obviously you've got input, that's not what I'm saying. Obviously I've studied and prepared all of that, but I really do believe the Lord just really put this in my heart for this season. I think it's been helpful. It's helped me navigate the days that we have been experiencing for now almost six months. I don't know when this is going to end, but I do believe that this series of messages not only helps us, has helped us, it's gonna continue to help us. And this morning, we're going to talk about something that's really, really an important, important topic. And so let me tell you a story. A number of years ago, this is actually a long time ago, as a matter of fact, Marcy and I were out to dinner, and we were at a a place that you you would know this place. It is a Japanese steakhouse where they cook the food for you in front of you. You probably already know what I'm talking about. Well, when you go to a restaurant like that, you join other people. I mean, you're not, unless you have a larger party of like eight, I think it is. We were just the two of us, but there were six other individuals at the table. And we could kind of overhear their conversations during the course of the meal. And we kind of gathered that they were military, they were military families. And we, inter- we engaged with them, we talked with them a little bit, and it, it, it kind of seemed as if both of the husbands were going to be deployed very soon. And, and so in my heart of hearts, this is the thought that came across my mind. Pay for their dinner. And I went, what? what, what? You know, I'm thinking, I'm not saying this out loud. I said, what? I heard it again, you know, pay for, pay for their dinner. And I didn't. And I went, "Oh man, I, we laughed and we got in the car and Marcy and I started talking and she says, "You know, Gary, we should have paid for their dinner." And I and I just went, "Oh goodness. I had the exact same thought." And we both just sat there and we regretted that we didn't. And so we we kind of made a vow or we made a promise to each other that if we had an opportunity where that came up again, we would follow through. Well, sure enough, God provided us an opportunity with some some, another, some other military uh, families, or actually they were like four military guys that we just noticed and we paid for their meal. And it was just such, it was such a joy. It was such a rush to be able you know, to, to pay for and them not know it. We didn't, we just got up, walked out, not a big deal. It wasn't about us being acknowledged. It was about really about being obedient. Well, some years later now, okay, so fast forward, fast forward, I tell that story I tell that story, not really the second half of the story, but the first half of the story where I didn't follow through. I tell that story in a message. And so after church, we went out to dinner, not to lunch rather, and there were some people from the church there, so we walked over and said hello and greeted them, sat down and had a meal, and Marcy and I were chatting back and forth, doing what you do at lunch. And then our server came up and said, oh, by the way, your bill has been paid for. And I went, What? And I looked over at this family, and I, and I saw this big smile on, on, on his face, and I walked over. I said, man, thank you. That is so kind. He said, well, I just want you to know, that's what we learned in church this morning, with a big smile on his face. Here's what I take away from that. Yeah, it was great having our meal covered. It was great being the benefactor of generosity, which is amazing. But there was joy connected to his generosity, so we're going to talk about generosity today and how it sustains and deepens our joy regardless. It's, it's an amazing topic. We're going to do so from Philippians chapter number four. As I said, we are concluding, we are concluding our message series this morning. And before I, before I read the scripture, I know I got a little bit that got a little bit ahead of me, but before I read the scripture, I want to read this, I want to mention this passage to you or rather this, this phrase. A man by the name of Brad Formsma, this is what he wrote. He said, I've never met an angry, bitter, generous person, so I want to be generous. You see that? I've never met an angry, bitter, generous person. In other words, it is so contrary to joy to be bitter and angry, and it, I'm telling you, it sustains, deepens, our joy regardless. Okay, let's look at Philippians chapter four, verse number 14. Yet it was good for you, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desired your gifts. What a desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They're a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, and God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever, amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are here send with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, with your spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for today. And I pray that you will speak life to us from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Throughout this letter, Paul has continuously spoken of joy, even though he is, he is in jail. And he has encouraged the Philippians to, to be joyful at all times. So when you begin to talk about generosity, we need to just go back real quickly. And this I, I did not include this verse in your notes, but you can look at it later. And by the way, if you're looking for the notes, go to YouVersion and find Crossroads Church and you'll have all of the notes and companion scriptures to follow along with us. But earlier in chapter 4, <clears throat> in fact, verse number 10, this is what we read. <clears throat> Paul says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Now, he's talking about the gifts that are going to be given. But what I want you to, un- what I want you to catch is what, how he begins that verse. I rejoiced greatly. Paul was the benefactor of these gifts. He was the benefactor of generosity, and he says, I rejoiced greatly. I love that. In fact, as I look at this idea of giving resources, it seems to be in some respects counterintuitive. How can me, how can I, giving of resources produce joy? In fact, one author said it this way, it produces joy unexpected. I like that. I like that. Because I think sometimes we, we, we believe that when we give, there isn't something that we're benefiting or receiving. And, and you read in Scripture that it's better to give than receive, but how does that all work? How does generosity sustain and deepen our joy regardless? Well, Paul gives us some help with this. In fact, we're going to talk through seven different things about generosity. The first is this. Generosity is good. Generosity is good. Paul says it this way. He says, it was good of you to share. There you go. It was good of you to share. I kinda know the difference between what's good and what's not. And I look at generosity as being something that's good. Now, I've been the benefactor of generosity, maybe you have as well. And you know that when you're the benefactor of generosity, there's something really special. It's really good. But not only is it good to re- receive, it's good to be generous. It's good to be generous. I don't think a single person that is watching right now, that's hearing me, doesn't enjoy the, being the benefactor of generosity. But I would also say there is so much in, in, in benefit to being generous. In fact, I found five different things, five benefits of being generous. The first one is that generosity makes us healthy. Now, I didn't include these in the notes, but just listen carefully. Generosity makes us healthy. I don't know about you, but I kinda like being healthy. It reduces blood pressure. It lowers the risk of dementia. Reduces anxiety and depression. Think about that. The second benefit is that it makes us happy. I like that. I like being happy. And again, I can can speak from experience where I have been generous and there's something that just wells up within me of happiness and joy. In fact, Harvard Business School says that giving our time and money triggers feel-good chemicals like endorphins and dopamine and oxytocin. Isn't that interesting? Third benefit is that generosity lowers our stress. You say, whoa, 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 whoa. how in the world can you do that? If I'm giving away something, how does my stress lower? Wouldn't my stress go up? Well, no. Being generous keeps stress down. In fact, it's a little bit like the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Researchers found that they were giving too little in a transaction. When they were giving too little in a transaction, it drove up their stress. You, you see, generosity lowers our stress Again, there's this counterintuitive side, but remember, generosity is good. The fourth benefit is that generosity improves our relationships. I like that. And I think we could all benefit from the fact of having improving relationships. In a study of generosity and its effect in marriage, researchers discovered that the recipient of generosity expressed higher levels of marital sex satisfaction. But listen to this, but so did the giver. You see, we only think that, that we receive, that's where the joy is. No, 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 it's on both ends. And then the fifth one is that I love this one generosity extends our lives. That's good. Those who volunteer, those who volunteer for two or more causes, <laughs> you love this, had a 63% lower rate of mortality than people who didn't volunteer. So, what does it tell me? Serve. I just mentioned circle of care Jason mentioned a moment ago opportunities to serve this weekend to get ready for her outdoor service serve 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 you see proverbs 1124 which is a a verse I absolutely love, and I use it a lot. The world of the generous grows larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Which of those two do you want? Do you want a larger or smaller? I think we would all agree that larger is better. Generosity is good, and joy will follow. The second thing that Paul addresses here is that generosity creates generosity creates partnership. Now, I'm going to add a word here because I I felt as even I was studying this morning, I want to to kind of change that word create to promote. Generosity promotes partnership. And I I really think that's probably more accurate. You see, earlier in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, Paul starts off by saying this, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Do you notice that as Paul begins this letter, he talks about partnership? Now you fast forward to where we are this morning in chapter four, and you read this phrase. Your acquaintance with the gospel. It's that phrase I want you to just focus on for a moment. Your acquaintance with the gospel. There's something dynamic that is happening because they are acquainted with what is happening in the the life of the church in Philippi. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. And it is so incredibly important To understand, Paul says there's this acquaintance, and then he adds this. He says, you were the only ones to share in meeting my needs. The only ones. There is a partnership here that has been created through relationship, through mutual understanding and sacrifice. You see, most likely every one of us have heard this idiom, many hands make light the work. And I wanna tell you something, we could not do what we do at Crossroads Church without you. It's not possible. And the reason is because it's a partnership. It's a partnership. It's not just the pastor, it's not just the pastoral team, it's not just those who are serving, it's not just those who attend, but it's all of us. We share a partnership. You see, generosity Promotes partnership. Many hands make light the work. And you see, we are engaged in the greatest work of all, and that is reaching people for Jesus Christ. Your partnership makes that possible. There's an acquaintance with the good news. There's an acquaintance with the gospel. Generosity promotes partnership. And and that, I will tell you, joy, joy follows. Now, there's a phrase that we have become very accustomed to over the last six months, but I'm going to change its definition You ready? We are in this together. We are in this together. And what do I mean by that? I'm talking about the generosity and the opportunities we have to partner together to reach people for Jesus Christ. I'm going to talk about that next week in our vision message. But let me just remind you, we exist. Crossroads Church exists to to introduce people to Jesus and to help them follow him. And we do that in partnership. So it creates, it promotes partnership and joy will follow. Third, generosity is a blessing. Generosity is a blessing. Paul said it this way. He said, you sent me aid. You sent me aid. And I love the word aid. You just come to someone's aid. You come to their benefit. You come alongside them. You relieve their challenges. Aid. You came to my, you sent me aid. This is a great phrase. Being blessed is about our good fortune. Generosity is about blessing others. Being blessed is about our good fortune. Generosity is about blessing others. You see, we are blessed to be a blessing. Don't miss this. We are blessed to be a blessing. It is not... in. in, we are not, all of the blessings that we receive are not just so that we can accumulate more and lay up for ourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. No, we are to lay up for ourselves treasures and then we do that by being a blessing through our blessing. We're generous because God has blessed us. We're not to over-accumulate or, a.k.a. be a hoarder. When Marcy and I were in college, she lived with a family, actually an elderly lady in, uh, in Santa Cruz where we went to school. And Grace was a wonderful, wonderful lady. She really was. But she couldn't throw anything away. And she was a wonderfully godly woman, too. There's no, no question there. But... I look at that in my mind's eye and I can still see her little house just filled literally from floor to ceiling with just pathways to get through the house. And I'm not saying she wasn't a blessing to others because I'm sure she was. But I think of that as a contrast. I I, I don't want to just accumulate for me. I want to, as I I understand and recognize the blessing of God in my life, I wanna bless others. Generosity is a blessing. Proverbs 11:25 from the message says, "The one who blesses, the one who blesses others is what? Abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped." Man, that's where I want to be. Generosity is a blessing. Well, next, generosity <laughs> is addicting. Is addicting, and you go, "What in the world?" Well, when you read when you read Philippians chapter four, it is really it's, it's really interesting. In one of the translations, it says that they gave again and again. Now, that could simply be that uh, that that it was just a response to Paul's ongoing needs. I mean, he was in jail for quite a protracted period of time. And so they could—they just again and again and again, and they gave. But I, I kind of look at it, I think they got it in their blood. I think it became habitual, that they just couldn't stop giving. Generosity is addicting. It's addicting. There's a passage of Scripture that Paul wrote to another church, the last, the last chapter of his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 16. I want to read you a portion of this, 15 and 16. You know that Stephanus and his household were the first of the harvest of believers in Greece. They were first converts. And they are spending their lives in service to God's people. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to submit to them and others like them who serve with such devotion. Now, that phrase, spending their lives in service, if you go to the King James Version of the Bible, here's what you're going to read they addicted themselves to the ministry. Oh, I love that, addicted. And I would suggest that generosity is addicting. When you are are giving out, when you are blessing others, with the blessing that you have received, I wanna tell you something, it's as good as it gets. And you'll want more of that. If indeed it, it lengthens life, then let's bring it on. These benefits, okay, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Why? Because there is a tangible benefit. Now understand, it's not just so that we receive a blessing, but rather because it's the right thing to do, but it's addicting. It's addicting. I love that. If we want the full positive effect of generosity, we have to make it a lifestyle. If we want the full positive effect of generosity, we have to make it a lifestyle. Do you catch that? generosity should not just be a one time thing I'm going to be generous here only never again no 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 a lifestyle again and again and again and again I love that being generous is addicting and joy is going to follow also generosity provides for others Paul says it this way I am amply supplied I like that your generosity Crossroads Church your generosity makes it possible for us to do all that we do as a church. Let me just give you a few little highlights. Your generosity made it possible for us to contribute $7,000 during this pandemic to Convoy of Hope, praise God. Your generosity allows Circle of Care to provide about over a million pounds of food every year to people in the Temecula Valley who have needs. Way to go. Your generosity in Feed One is making a difference in children's lives and in their feeding program all around the world through Convoy of Hope. Benevolence, your generosity and benevolence has met financial needs for Crossroads folks during this pandemic. Praise God. Thank you for your generosity. Your generosity provides for others. Paul said, I'm amply supplied. And I want to tell you, I'm so grateful for your generosity. And I want to encourage you to continue to be generous. Listen to what Paul writes. Maybe one of the greatest passages in Scripture about this idea of generosity is 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously, look at this, will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will Always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Man, what a promise. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous. So you can always be generous. So when you take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two Good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, or I could say as a result of your generosity, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ, and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift Two wonderful four words. Praise God. You see, generosity provides for others and joy will follow. Also, generosity is pleasing to God. I want to be a God pleaser. I hope you do too. I want want my life to please God. I I love what Paul says here when he talks about this is pleasing to God. And then he says, it's to our God. And then he says, be glory. You see, it's pleasing to God. And I would just say, it's that there's nothing better than pleasing God. And, and if, if being generous is one pathway to pleasing God, then yes, absolutely. Psalm 112 and verse number five says, good, good will come to those who are generous. I would suggest that it's because it's God-pleasing. Listen to what Paul said to 1 Thessalonians. He says, brothers and sisters, we taught you how to live in a way that will please God, and you are living that way. Now we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus, look at this, to live that way even more. In other words, push it forward. Generosity is pleasing to God. Joy will follow. Also, generosity... Abundantly supplies. I love this. And you'll know this verse. Philippians 4.19 is one of the great verses in all of the book of Philippians. I want to encourage you to to commit this to memory, if you haven't already. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Do I hear a good amen. Come on. That is powerful. Anne Frank, who was a young teenage girl who lost her life in the Holocaust, they 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 they, har- they harbored, they harbored some Jewish individuals during the war from the Nazis. And she wrote a book, her diary actually, has become a movie and a play and a variety of things. But Anne Frank said this no one has ever become poor by giving. No one. And when you when you think about this in light of what we've just read, you know something? God is going to meet all of our needs. That, that's promised to us. And it's according to his supply, not our expectations of his supply. I, I, maybe that's the wrong way of saying it, but my, my point is it's not, not according to our expectations. You see, all of us are vulnerable to the culture of more. Generosity is a safeguard against against that culture. And you know, it's honestly, it's easy to believe, listen to carefully, it's easy to believe that we cannot be generous on any occasion or every occasion because we wonder what will become of us. If I'm generous, am I going to have enough? Am I going to make it? But honestly, <clears throat> that's what roars in our mind. But this verse stands in stark contrast to it. God will Provide all we need, and He will do so in abundance. Why? Because it's from His storehouse, and it's limitless in its supply. Psalm 37 says, I was young and now I am old, but I've never seen good people left without no one to help them. I've never seen their children begging for food. They are kind and generous, and their children are a blessing. I want you to know God will take care of us as we are generous. Praise God. Joy will follow. Joy will follow. As God abundantly supplies. so we bring our time to a close this morning, I, I want I <clears throat> to give you five ways to be generous. But before I do, here's a phrase I want you to catch. Generosity comes in many shapes and sizes. It's more than money. Remember that. It's more than money. So the first way to be generous is invest your time. Invest your time. Any use of our time Towards the things of God, towards people is an invest is an investment it's never something to spend. number two, leverage your work, leverage your work. Most people spend the majority of their lives working, whether in the home in an office or in a trade and we have a huge opportunity to practice generosity in our work. leverage your talents leverage your abilities in your neighborhood with, with that with that environment that so desperately needs you, with your church. Leverage your work. The third is to extend your service. Practical help through acts of service. Circle of care, I've already mentioned. There are are shelters, there are different ways that you can extend your service. Serve, serve, we talk about it so often at Crossroads Church, serve, serve. So incredibly important. And being generous. Number four, share your possessions. You know, all of us, I I mentioned, we're all tempted with this culture of more. And we can maybe be a little bit over, we can over-accumulate, can't we? We may even tend to hoard. Clean out your closets. Clean out your garage. Clean out that storage unit. If you're not using it, there may be somebody out there that could. Be generous. And then, number five, give your resources. Give your resources. And what I mean by giving of resources, it is so important that we have an opportunity to just express giving. And we do that in a variety of ways. Offerings, our offerings go to special projects like Convoy of Hope or missions. But our tithes, which we teach about, it's where we give of the first fruits of our, of, of our income so that the kingdom of God is advanced. Can I encourage you to give of your resources? Give of your resources. Listen to what C.S. Lewis wrote. This is one of those phrases that C.S. Lewis gave us that shocks me, blows my mind. But I want you to listen to it. Before I, before I do, I want to give you a statistic or two. According to the Gallup organization, Gallup polls, the average church, in the average church, 17%, only 17% of the people say they tithe. But of that 17%, only 3% actually do. 40% of those in the typical church give nothing during the course of a year. Can I challenge you to give of your resources? Listen to what C.S. Lewis wrote. I do not believe that one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if our expenditures on comforts, luxuries, amusement, etc. is up to the standard common among those of the same income as our own, we're probably giving away too little. If our giving does not pinch does not at all pinch or hamper us. I should say it is too small. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot because our commitment to giving excludes them. Wow. I want to tell you something. That's powerful. That's powerful. Can I encourage you to give? Ministry goes on at Crossroads Church, even in the midst of a pandemic. And your generosity helps us achieve what God has called us to be and to do. Thank you. Generous. To be generous will produce joy regardless. One final thought. Generosity allows us to find joy unexpected, and it will sustain and deepen our joy regardless. Thank you. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for today. We give you honor and all the praise in your name, amen. One last verse, Philippians chapter four, verse number 23. I wanna leave this with you today. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, amen. That's how Paul concluded this letter of joy. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you, let it be so. So this morning I would ask you I think the obvious question first is, are you generous? I've been challenged with this message. I have to think through this. Am I? I really want to be. I think you do too. You know what's so marvelous about the expression of generosity? We have an incredible example. And that is God himself. Our generosity is really based upon his expression of generosity the giving of his one and only son so that you and I could be saved and have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Have you embraced Jesus as Savior? You can today. It's an expression of God's generosity to you to send his son Receive him today as I pray. Then I would ask this last question. Again, I'm going to ask it. Are you generous? Can I challenge you today in your generosity? Let's be generous and be a blessing through the expressions of our generosity based upon the expressions of God's generosity to us. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today and we thank you for generous expression of your love to us through Jesus Christ our Savior and right now those who might be praying a prayer say Jesus be my Savior I I receive the generous gift of your forgiveness of salvation and I declare you to be the Lord of my life Jesus you are Lord I surrender my life to you I will follow you from this moment forward Lord, for every person who's praying that prayer right now, I pray there would just be an incredible rush of joy and peace that would just flood their soul, overwhelm their mind and heart. Thank you. And, Lord, I also pray that we would be generous on all occasions, all to the glory of God, not to anybody's glory, but to yours and to yours alone. And, again, it's all because of your generosity to us. That's why. Thank you for that. Bless each person as they are generous. I pray you would pour out your blessing abundantly upon them. Lord, let them know what a blessing it is to give. It's better to give than it is to receive. I want to be cheerful when I give. So let it be so, we pray. Thank you for this day. We thank you for all you have done and will do today and in the days that are ahead. Committed this day to you now in Jesus' name. Well, blessings to you. Thank you for joining with us this morning at Crossroads Online. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I look forward to maybe seeing you tomorrow morning at 714 for prayer on my Facebook page. Join us. We'd love to have you join us in prayer as we are praying for our nation every day. And then, don't forget, next week, 23rd, On Sunday morning, 9 a.m., we are going to gather together an outdoor service here at Crossroads Church. Join us, join us, join us. There'll be more information coming all week long. You'll see lots of opportunities. Check out the website. We'll make sure that we get every bit of information we can to you this week. Follow us on social media. That's the greatest way to stay in touch with us and all that God is doing. One more thing. If this morning you chose Christ as Savior, you have a prayer request. We want to hear from you. And you can just simply email us at prayer at go2crossroads crossroads.com for prayer requests. If you gave your life to Christ today, email us at office at gotocrossroads.com. We counter the privilege of journeying faith with you over the days that are ahead. May God bless you and give you a marvelous, marvelous day and a great week. Blessings, we'll see you soon.